Kim's cast will begin right after this message from our sponsor, Medallia. With the industry's number one enterprise experience management platform, Medallia provides healthcare clinicians and health plans with technology to connect and engage patients, members, and team members to drive better, personalized experiences that strengthen relationships and build trust. Connect with our team today by emailing us at healthcare@medallia.com or visiting our website at medallia.com healthcare. It's really now emerging as an opportunity to say, um, is it perfect? No, but it's matured enough and there's enough capability out there that we really need to think about how we're systematic um, at deploying this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HIMSCast. My name is Mike Milliard, and I'm executive editor of Healthcare IT News, a HIMS publication. And here to talk about the intersection of artificial intelligence and healthcare economics, our guest today is Albert Marinez, who's a chief analytics officer at Intermountain Health. Welcome, Albert. Thanks for being here. It's great to be with you, Mike. Thanks for having me. So I first approached you, you know, to chat a bit about this topic, you know, based on a panel you're on at HIMSS 23 in Chicago titled AI in Economics, Driving Value at Scale. That's at the AI and Machine Learning Forum uh, uh, in, in April. Uh, you know, but I wanted to chat with you also just more generally about some broader themes about, you know, AI and healthcare and, and sort of trends you're seeing. So I suppose an obvious first place to start is, you know, when did you first perhaps start, you know, using AI and machine learning al- algorithms to help you do your job? And, and what are some of the ways you're currently deploying AI ML tools at Intermountain? Yeah, Mike, when I first started, I'd have to go back about a decade where we started in earnest. I wasn't at Intermountain at the time. I was with a different organization, the Pacific Northwest, called Multicare Health System. And we engaged in a relationship with the University of Washington, knowing that AI and machine learning was making such a big impact, um, starting to at that time. And the first use case that we tackled was, can we get a real uh, accurate prediction of 30-day readmissions for heart failure patients. Um, so that was the that was the first foray, and it certainly has evolved since then. Uh, at Intermountain, we have a number of different areas that we're using uh, AI and machine learning um, tools and strategies, um, and they span the gamut. So from clinical predictions, um, is this person going to uh, get worse in their condition, perhaps be susceptible to sepsis. Certainly that's, those are models that are out there and have been for a long time. Um, to operational, uh, can we look at the metrics, our operational metrics and KPIs and be proactive in identifying those that are falling out of control and why they're falling out of control and what we can do about them? Um, so just a few of the ways, I'll go even a step further as uh, Intermountain has some very unique assets uh, that we've had for a while, one of which is our biorepository. We have one of the most uh, comprehensive biorepositories in the country um, going back to, uh, I want to say, the 70s or 60s. Um, And so it gives us an opportunity to use data um, from a number of different areas combined with the patient medical record and actual um, genomic sequencing and uh, drive some really interesting insights there as well. So you guys are really at the leading edge of this. Um, you know, have you been able to, you know, find some successes so far? Have you been able to document measurable performance improvements, uh, you know, as you move towards value-based care goals? And, you know, 
What are some of the challenges perhaps of doing it at scale? Yeah, you know, we've gotten really good at taking on a project or an initiative mm -hmm. uh, and driving hard at how do we, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's an AI model um, uh, or or just a predictive model, can we can we do the work and deploy that in um, in the organization? And that that feels like it's been a very heavy lift. Um, whenever we do that, it doesn't. Um, it hasn't, at least historically, scaled very, very well. Um, we've started to adjust our strategy to do exactly what we're talking about here. How do we actually scale scale this out to be able to do this much, much more more broadly? Um, so part of what we're doing at Intermountain is thinking about automating the pipeline. Um, we uh, are hiring individuals that are machine learning ops engineers that help us actually take uh, a number of machine learning algorithms and deploy that um, across the organization and do so at scale. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Today, we have 72,000 predictions, um, AI-based predictions that occur every day across our patient population. But you asked me a question around some of the results. Um, and uh, one of the items that we're working on is uh, around patient flow. How do we optimize uh, the flow of our patients through our processes? Um, and sometimes we have empty beds that if we're a little bit more effective, we can we can place someone who is real really a need of a of a bed at the moment. Other times we recognize that we might be paying too much in premium labor. Uh, and so we're we're in the midst of an initiative that we value between ten and twenty million dollars a year within our system um, to actually apply AI models in a patient flow setting and capture those uh, capture those savings. Um, we have another n number of other examples, Mike, um, that I can't wait to share or have shared um, at Hims that actually look at how we've been doing around some of our clinical as well as our operational um, KPIs. That was my next question. You know, when we look at this from a high level, you know, where are the most promising use cases and, in, 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 you know, perhaps the best low-hanging fruit to get a, get some good ROI in the near term, you know, as you look ahead? You know, you know at, at Intermountain, what kind of proportion of clinical or financial or operations tools are you using? Or is that even the wrong question? Because there's just so much overlap between, you know, when you're talking about re-emission, obviously there's a clinical, you know, aspect to that and there's a, you know, financial uh, ramifications as well. So, you know, are, are you just kind of have your fingers in all those pies, obviously. No, it's a great question. Um, Intermountain is fundamentally looking at how do we provide care at a more affordable cost for the communities we serve in. Mm -hmm. We are driving hard towards a population health first strategy. Mm -hmm. So when you think about whether it's length of stay or whether it's population health broadly, those, those are, those are, or population management, those are all uh, connected. We see a focus around access. How do we enable more access into our facilities um, than ever before? Uh, I was speaking with our chief operating officer uh, just yesterday, and she was sharing with me some of the challenges where if you were to call one of our contact centers and ask for an appointment, we may not be available there for a couple of months in some cases, depending on the specialty. Uh, why aren't we immediately surfacing options and opportunities within a radius 
for that patient? And why does that even have to be a phone call? Can we automate that uh, and automate that based on consumers' preferences so that we are being sensitive to their language, their location, um, the the uh, the solution or the the disease um, group that they might be addressing uh, or procedure type. And so we have an opportunity to use AI and machine learning to optimize the consumer experience, but also helping it uh, be easier to access our system, which should have a financial ROI. How do you decide which tools and technologies uh, to use? Uh, obviously, you, you're you're well familiar that there's plenty of hype out there when we're talking about AI. You know, how do you sift through that and and you know find the tools that are going to work best for you? And and who do you work with? You know, on those decisions, are you working closely with the CIO? I presume to kind of decide where those IT investments are made and, you know, what kind of software you're going to deploy, you know, what, what, what does that decision making look like? Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. And I'd back up Mike, even a little bit um, before that, we want to think about what's the outcome that we're trying to optimize for. And so we want to be careful that we don't, uh, that we don't jump to a, to solutioning when we don't even know the holistic problem that we're trying to solve. Uh, and so we take a, that outcomes-based approach at Intermountain and uh, our Intermountain Analytics team, that's a uh, product-focused approach, thinking holistically, end-to-end, how how do we solve for the, or optimize rather, for the outcome? And then we look at what are the tools and technologies that are going to support that within our existing, um, within our existing workflows. So that's job number one. Second, we have a number of tools at our disposal um, we certainly use some of the big uh, cloud hyperscalers out there that have quite a bit of solutions and tools available to them. Uh, and so we have our team then take a look at the outcome that we're trying to optimize for, what's the process and workflow look like, and then introduce uh, the tool that's going that's going to do the best job possible. We want to be careful that we don't overhype uh, a particular technology and go down a go down the path for the sake of the tool or technology and continue to take a holistic path. And obviously once you decide to invest in these tools, uh, they're most likely not just being deployed in a plug and play type of way. You know, how do you build and, and kind of tweak, you know, the models to make them work for you? What sort of team do you have working for you there in the uh, in the you know data and analytics department? Yeah, well we we have a number of uh, of caregivers. We call all of our people at Intermountain Caregivers. And so from a uh, from an AI and data science perspective, we have a team of about a dozen um, or so data scientists that are working on some of these um, really hard problems. But they are supported by a number of other um, resources in the system from uh, clinical informaticists to um, analysts and um, and other individuals that help help support when we identify a potential solution how do we integrate this um, all together? And so it takes it, it takes a village. It's hard to give me give you an exact number that'll vary from initiative to initiative. Sure. Uh, we have a good core team that is supported by quite a bit of of uh, incredible professionals. And what are some challenges, either from you know a tactical point of view or a strategic one? You know, um, what are some of the you know kind of common pitfalls you kind of strive to avoid? And then when it comes to, you know, the larger goal of, you know, changing, you know, long ingrained patterns and, you know, shifting the way decisions are made at a big organization like Intermountain, you know, how do you, 
how do you deal with that? You know, what sort of change management strategies do you use? You know, what sort of buy-in are you, are you seeking from your clinicians and, you know, from others? Yeah, my, well, I think that this is an opportunity for us to, uh, f- to get better in. Uh, what we've identified or seen as um, one of the challenges is it's still, it still feels at times that we talk about AI at this really high level, sometimes uh, ethereal, amorphous, ambiguous um, sort of way. And we need, to, we need to make it a lot more tactical, a lot more real for stakeholders up front. We also need to support the literacy of what's possible um, with our with our leaders and other stakeholders as well. So part of what we're doing is um, standing up what we're calling an AI champions program, where we are looking to identify those uh, individuals in the organization that know and understand their area very well um, and can be those executive stakeholders and executive champions for a number of initiatives. But they will be educated in ways that we haven't done quite as broadly, so they know what can be possible. We think that's going to allow us to unlock quite a bit of the potential that's that's out there. But sometimes we don't know how to speak speak about it, or our uh, clinicians haven't yet been equipped with the right language to interface with our uh, data scientists and our AI developers in order to be able to bring that together into um, into a uh, dynamic solution. So that's one way. We have others, but I think your, your, your identification of how do we actually support change management in the organization is often overlooked because this has tended to be um, sort of one-off projects and solutions, and it really requires us to take the discipline of change management and technology implementation to actually do this at scale. And I see at his twenty three, you know, one of the you know concepts you're talking about on this panel, you're you're you know, you're you're um, leading is uh, AI building blocks. I mean, is there are there some kind of basic, you know, entry level table stakes things that uh, other organizations should be doing uh, to kind of you know learn from your example? I mean, are there you know are there some kind of basic you know blocking tackling that should be done uh, to to ensure that you're approaching this from the get go on the ground level in the right way? Yeah, I think we need to start small, um, and so it's not. It's not surprising that it's now that we're talking about how do we scale AI and the example that I gave you at the beginning is, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years um, and it's, it's really now emerging as an opportunity to say, um, is it perfect? No, but it's matured enough and there's enough capability out there that we really need to think about how we're systematic um, at deploying this. If you are first getting started, starting small, I think is absolutely appropriate. We have to actually prove out um, the capabilities in a tangible way. Um, so I'd say start there. Um, you need to be able to have people in your organization that can actually speak this language, that can scrutinize when you are speaking with vendors who also bring their capabilities. I, there's every single vendor and potential partner that I speak to has some kind of AI solution built, baked into uh, baked into their system. They, there are varying levels of sophistication of where those uh, vendors are at, um, but to the uh, untrained ear, if you will, it all sounds the same and it all sounds really awesome and sexy, um, but may not actually be all the way there. And, um, and taking the opportunity to make sure that we're not simply relying on vendors, although that's a really important piece of the puzzle, 
but that you have some internal capability to scrutinize, make the appropriate assessments, and create the processes that are necessary um, when you are bringing on a solution into your system, that the, um, that the processes to look at um, bias and, uh, and model drift and other potential things when it comes to these AI models are being monitored appropriately. You know, this is probably a tough question just given how fast this stuff is all moving. I mean, you and I are talking just a couple of days after, you know, OpenAI, you know, released GPT-4 and, you know, some of these articles in the major news media are pretty astonishing about, you know, some of the I call, you know, some of the ways that this is evolving faster than a lot of folks even realized about, you know, a few months or a year ago. But when you look to the future, you know, what do you see when it comes to AI and healthcare, generally speaking, and perhaps what are some things that you are hoping to achieve uh, there at Intermountain? Yeah, Mike, it is a hard question. Um, AI is is going to be ubiquitous. Uh, every part of the system is going to be impacted in some way, shape, or form um, by the use of these tools and technologies. Um, we are optimistic about the um, the continued potential and realizing on the potential. I'd also say there's some caution um, that we have, particularly when some of these capabilities may get ahead of themselves. If I ask a question about um, medical advice, I may get a response that I'm not sure how it's been vetted and uh, and in what way and to what degree. Um, and so I think that there is some appropriate caution and scrutiny that we should have around uh, around how far we take these tools and and uh, and and taking that too far too quickly. Um, but that being said, Said, we recognize fully that these will be ubiquitous technologies. There's not going to be a single portion that's not um, touched. I think it will be more about how do we how do we harness the investment and make sure that we're able to uh, discern the uh, the real from the hype, um, and that we're moving very carefully towards value and being value focused and the outcomes for our. Um, patients, our consumers, and our communities um, versus simply deploying for um, for the tagline. Very well put. Uh, that is terrific. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk through some of this stuff today, Albert. This has been a great chat. You bet, Mike. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, of course, to everyone in the audience for joining us and listening to this episode of HIMSCAST. We encourage you all to rate and review us. And if you like what you hear, Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Thanks again, Albert. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. With the industry's number one enterprise experience management platform, Medallia provides healthcare clinicians and health plans with technology to connect and engage patients, members, and team members to drive better, personalized experiences that strengthen relationships and build trust. Connect with our team today by emailing us at healthcare@medallia.com or visiting our website at medallia.com/healthcare.